episodes 1 through 12 for the box set is $50. Oh, it's a really nice looking box set, though. Look, if you fall for late-stage capitalism, you have to be strong in the face of the bourgeoisie. We a bourgeoisie! That's horrific. Welcome to Imagine Me and Utena, a revolutionary girl Utena podcast. I'm Panda. I'm your host, and I'm here with Josh. How you doing, Josh? I'm doing pretty good today. Today, we are talking about Revolutionary Girl Utena, Episode 5, The Sunlit Garden Finale. This is a two-parter with last week's episode, The Sunlight Garden Prelude, and we get to learn more about Miki and his sister, and we get some great shots of toga i'm gonna put a warning up just here at the top that we are going to have to talk about implied sex between teenagers in this episode at least once so if that's something that makes you uncomfortable well this is not the anime for you but if that makes you uncomfortable i just wanted to make you aware of that that we have to talk about an implication of teenagers having sex in a music room now, I would like to go ahead and say, for the record, for probably the fourth or fifth time, is that it is kind of mind-boggling to me, like, looking at the, the anime in the 90s that I watched like when I was a kid, and then to watch Utena, which is, like, in the same time set, and just the huge difference in how far Utena will go with all kinds of stuff. It's really weird for me. Utena seems to be a lot more mature than a lot of anime that would have been coming out around this time that ended up being dubbed in the U.S. I wonder if this was shown on TV. I don't actually know. It it has obviously been dubbed, but I find it hard to believe that this was aired on television in any way well especially not the u.s this way i don't know but certainly not uncut yeah i, I usually associate a lot of the stuff you find in youtube with animes that are like seven or eight years after it came like i usually kind of associate like a lot of this sort of more darker mature like really in your face kind of no punches held I don't know, just darkness that you see with Utena and, like, interpersonal stuff with the way that Anthony's treated, kind of the sexual undertones. I just tend to associate that with later anime. And so it's interesting to see my own preconceptions challenged over and over again, even when it is mildly uncomfortable. If I am reading this correctly, there is the possibility that Utena was aired on the sci-fi channel? I feel like this does not seem right but i'm gonna send you the wikipedia page that i'm looking at because underneath english networks there is sci-fi channel listed and i feel like that implies that it was aired on sci-fi i mean yeah if it's on sci-fi channel that oh that's right yeah because the sci-fi channel had its own like block of anime programming at some point I just didn't think it was that early. Wait, really? Yeah. At, at one point it did. I, I Like, when I was... I, I, I am totally unaware of this. Yeah, it was like in high... I think it was in high school, maybe? And, but I think they'd had it before. And off and on, the Sci-Fi Channel did, in fact, on air anime. I know that they did that monochrome or something. I think that they might have shown Akira 
Okay, so listeners, we have just learned that Revolutionary Girl Utena aired on the American Sci-Fi Channel. That is a revolutionary revelation to me. Okay, so this scene opens up with uh, Jury and Miki, and they're fighting. They're fencing specifically, not just like fighting, like fist fisticuffs. And it's interesting to see them do fencing and how radically different they are when they actually are like fighting. I just remember that this scene is being uh, narrated by the Miki Defense Squad. I was trying to figure out who was talking because I forgot and I realized that it's the Miki Defense Squad. But they have now run off because Miki bested Jury in the duel. But I guess they don't want to stick around to congratulate him. Yeah, I'm not sure why they ran away either. Jury tells Mickey that his lack of perfection is his strength, which I guess, I don't know. It sounds like she's kind of hitting on him sometimes in this scene, but it's really weird. And now she's teasing him about uh, correcting Anthe's test because he's all blushy blushy. Jury says his sword was not made for battle. It's such a, that's such a cheesy line. I love it, but it's cheesy. Sounds like innuendo, perhaps. See, you just had to go there. I did. I did. But you know what? I feel like this anime goes there all the time, so I feel like it's warranted. Yeah, I mean, kind of. Miki has come to help Anthe water the flowers in the garden. I love the sort of, like, weird, misty atmosphere. Yeah! Miki is staring at Anthe water the flowers, and now we're getting some shots of the ceiling for some reason. And now we're getting a flashback of Miki and his sister playing piano. But that was very brief because now we're back in the garden and Mickey's talking to Anthe or he was saying something and she's just sort of looking at him and blinking. They do a lot of that. Like everyone does kind of a lot of that. And then there's Utana comes to chase Choo Choo who was riding a skateboard. She asks if she's interrupting anything between Mickey and Anthe <laughs> and they both blush and Choo Choo stands there as if he's accomplished something. His eyes are kind of freaky if they, they focus on them for too long. Anthe is playing the song from the previous episode, the one that Miki was playing on the piano and the one that she was playing at the end of the episode. And he says, this is the feeling that he's been looking for. The song is called The Sunlit Garden. Apparently it is a famous song, but it was written by Miki and his twin sister. Which is simultaneously like kind of unrealistic, but also like it's kind of the unrealistic you're okay with. It's one of the, like, more weirdly unrealistic things about this anime, as far as unrealistic things about this anime go. It kind of, it kind of implies, it's one of those things that hints at a world beyond the school. The world, but it's, it's, it's like, you only get tiny bits of the world beyond the school. Miki says that he used to play piano with his sister, but he destroyed it with his own hands. And now we're getting a flashback as to what that means. Miki and his sister are supposed to play a piano concert together, and she's really nervous about it, but he's like, you got nothing to worry about because we're going to play together. But Miki is sick. He's got the measles. But with a week of bed rest, he should recover. So now his sister has to go play the show alone, and she's sad. And he's coughing because he's sick. It's so sad, though. the only time I feel sad for her. But apparently she got up off the stage and ran off 
and just went and cried instead of actually playing the recital because Miki couldn't play with her. And Miki realized that he loved his sister's playing, but she's never played again. Utena sort of looks at him like, mm, uh-huh. Miki says that even though he practices and practices, he can't polish himself to get the feeling of his sister's playing, which is a, a weird statement in context of the rest of the episode. But Anthe's playing is the only thing that has come close to reminding him of his sister's playing, the shining thing he's been looking for. Utena wants to know if Miki is in love with Anthe, and he goes blushy again. I love that she asked this while Anthe is in the room. Yeah, she don't care. She's just like, what are you going to do, Anthe? And Anthe says, no, I'm your bride, Miss Utena. And Utena tells her to stop it with the Miss Utena and the bride stuff. And Anthe insists that she's engaged to Utena. So that's why that's going on. And Utena says, now look, I don't accept this stuff about you being my bride. It's ridiculous to make a girl someone's bride because of a duel. I can't forgive a system that provides someone of their personal freedom. And you see his reaction to that statement. That's uh, that's why I like Mickey because he's just consistently better. Like you can kind of tell that he's not necessarily comfortable with the whole thing. As if summoned by the very mention of their name, we get the student council monologue about cracking the world's shell for the revolution of the world, whatever that means. There's an apple sitting on a plate, sitting on a chair, and they're all standing around it, talking about how they haven't received any letters from the end of the world. They haven't gathered since, because letters haven't arrived. Mickey has his stopwatch again. Are they ever going to explain that? The dissolution of the student council. Yes, Mickey wants to dissolve the student council because he feels icky about it and about what they do with Anthe. How, that's decent of him. He says he can't follow a system that robs Anthe Hememia of her personal freedom. Jury's teasing him again about correcting Anthe's exam. And Toga tells him that youth can sometimes keep you from what you truly seek. Toga's very insistent on smashing the world's shell. And now that apple was cut into pieces uh, inexplicably. We, we, we cut back to it and it's just in slices on the plate. And nobody has said anything about it or swung a sword. There is no reason... <laughs> I'm kind of at this point, I'm kind of assuming that like nothing that happens in the student council chambers actually happens. Like it's all just like this weird metaphysical world. Here we meet Miki's sister who doesn't have the curly hair of her flashbacks. She's exiting the music room and he wants to go in there, but she won't let him. What's with the rose in the corner, by the way? I don't know. That's like a purple rose. So it's like their rose. She asks him if he wants her to play again. And she like puts her hand on her thigh in a way that makes me very uncomfortable. And when he asks her what she was doing in the music room, she says the music room isn't just for playing piano and then ties the tie back on her uniform as if she were previously undressed. Then when Miki walks in the room, Toga is leaning provocatively against the piano with his shirt mostly unbuttoned. Because of course. Toga tells Miki that his sister is cute, but in the English dub he says, but I think you're cuter. Why is that the... Toga tells Mickey that if he doesn't protect the things he possesses, he will lose them. He's clearly talking about Anthe, I guess. Well, no, I mean, I think he's talking more about his sister. I mean, Anthe is there kind of too, but like... Yeah, he was actually talking about Mickey's sister because he just did the do with her in the piano room. 
I feel so bad for him because like it's he has all these good intentions and they just like he has that's that's major heroic blue screen of death right there. Toga outright just says like he basically says I had sex with your sister because I could like it's kind of ridiculous. And then and it's so like suddenly his his uh, whole demeanor is completely different. Yeah, Toga is definitely manipulating. Even his Mickey. face kind of looks like Toga egg. And now Miki is determined that he likes Anthe's piano playing and he wants her to play for him, but he knows that, or he's about to learn that he, I don't know, this is complicated, but Anthe tells him that Utena can tell her what to do and... She's like, of course, Utena can tell me what to do. I must do whatever the person I'm engaged to wants. And Miki's kind of having this realization and he's having this fantasy image of Toga on a bed with his shirt totally unbuttoned. And he says, unless you protect the things you possess, people will take them away from you, Miki. Someone who wanted the Rose Bride then couldn't have her. So he has to protect Anthe because he wants her. And so now he says that he's going to protect her music. Gosh, I just feel so bad for him because, like, it just is so, like, so manipulated. Yeah, Toga is definitely manipulating Mickey, like, this entire episode. And it just gets, it's sort of like, it's just so easy. And Mickey has come to confront Utena in her classroom. She tells him to go find Anthe because she assumes that he's looking for Anthe. But he says, no, he's here to see her. And he's challenging her to a... Amazing. I love how, like, she, it doesn't even occur to him her that he's about to challenge her. But now we've gotten Aiko and Biko's skit about pirates. As with the last uploaded episode, I will include the audio of their English dub for the skit because their skits are hilarious. And it's way better They're than just good. me reciting it here. Arr, to the open seas, matey. I am a pirate. Today I set sail upon the seven seas with my hundreds of men. The precious treasures of the world belong to me. But sir, but sir, tell me why. With all your treasure, why don't you have the thing you really want? The thing I really want? The thing you really want. Isn't that why you won't give up being a pirate, Captain? The thing I really want? The thing you really want? The thing I really want is... Uh, Captain? We've sprung a leak! I love how they're, like, just related enough. Yeah. Well, sometimes they're not related at all. Well, not directly, but always sort of, like, in a weird, like, commentary way. Like, down the line, there are some that are just not Mm -hmm. even related to what's going on. (laughs) But they're done. And Utena is now at the big statue thing. And we're going to make up in this episode for having no transformation sequence last time for having gratuitous transformation sequences this time. And I'm very excited about it. Utena is using her ring to get into the building. The tower. Upside down castle. It's whatever. The staircase. That's it. The staircase. It's the absolute destiny apocalypse. I love this song. I like the, the words are really morbid. Well. Which works. Yeah. The songs in a lot of music that's in anime don't usually make a lot of sense. 
And sometimes we'll just have words that are kind of related to the theme of the show, but not really make sense at all. Yeah, like, and this one's kind of basically this long diatribe on the world ending. Yeah, Utena is determined, walking up the stairs. Well, the song talks about Shangri-La. Did you notice, by the way, um, did you notice how, like, the way they drew his face when he is having this sort of heroic blue screen of death in the piano room kind of shifts to look a little bit more like Toka? It's the sort of, like, the eyes? Yeah, kind of. Like, it's, it's almost as if, like, and, and that's part of the whole, like, he's he, the, him being manipulated thing, like... That Toga sort of kind of pushing his own values and own sort of narrative onto Mickey. And we're taking what, like, was this really genuinely wholesome thing with Mickey? Is like, you know, the way you play piano really inspires me and your, your whole everything kind of just inspires me into something that's more about the fact that he has been, Mickey has been hurt than anything good. Yeah. Utena has gone through gratuitous transformation sequence and gotten her little embellishments on her costume. And Anthe is giving the roses to each of the combatants. Jury is watching from afar. And we get this great scene that I always love of Utena pulling the sword out of Anthe's boobs. Keeps your master to come forth. Yeah, she says the whole thing about Dios, my master, come forth or whatever. It is the the, the pulling the sword is a very strange, like really just fascinating um scene that they do. Like it, 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 they keep repeating the same footage, but like it's still fascinating. I love that scene. It is weird and it's strange, but it's like captivating. Yeah, and then the bells afterwards. It just it just works. Utena and Miki are going to duel over Anthe because Miki thinks that he wants her now because Toga said so. I mean, like, he kind of did, but he mostly just wanted somebody to play piano with him. Yeah, it's sort of like Toga has changed what he wanted from genuine relationship into this, if I don't, like, constantly be on the offensive, if people take advantage of kind of thing. I really like the animation in this scene of the duel between Miki and Utena. It's just very well done. I mean, yeah. all the duels are well done, but I like this one. They have, you have two different, very different kind of styles here. Like, um, he's using he's using a um, I think I believe it's a foil, and so he, he's he's got the he's using it correctly. Like he's stabbing. Uh, so I'm sorry, not foils or appear. It's completely different because you have um, Utena using more of a saber, and honestly, he kind of has the advantage here. I would have never noticed that their swords were different. Yeah, watch him. Like, Yutena focuses more with cuts and slices, and she has these big kind of broader things where he is very much forward-moving, tiny little thrusts, and he can do that over and over again. And so that would be really awkward to fight if you don't have one like that. Miki says he's going to protect Anthe's music. See what I mean? Yeah, I do see what you mean. I had noticed that they had different styles, but I never noticed that their swords were different. Miki says that Anthe is counting on him, but then from the sidelines, Anthe is cheering Utena on. And so now that caused him to falter, I think, and he has lost. His rose has burst into a cloud of petals, and Jury is in shock. I guess because he's such a good fencer. Utena says, I hope you're satisfied. She's so disgusted. So Miki just wants to find somebody to be his shining thing. And Anthe comes over to congratulate him on how well he did in the duel and says they should study again together sometime because Anthe is good and sweet and nice. And I think Anthony understands, too. Uh, one of the Miki defense squad and Miki's sister are in the piano room, and she's pretending, or not pretending, she is trying to play piano 
and apparently is not very good anymore and her friend is making fun of her. Hmm. She reveals in the scene that she was never really very good at playing piano and that everyone assumed that she played well because her brother was a prodigy, but she was actually very sloppy, which is in contrast to Mickey's opinion of her playing up until recently. Mm-hmm. Which kind of changes the whole thing for me. That his opinion of her it's because it wasn't her piano playing really just gave him strength was that she was there but you could take a lot of different ways but you know it just seems like that he's piano playing is sort of a conversation to him which is kind of cool miki has come to tell utina that he was reckless but that next time he won't lose and utina's just like okay cool and then we get a shot of some scenery and then to be continued i think that This version of the show that we use for recording the podcast has a different credit sequence. Really? Yeah, because I, when I watched this episode earlier, I watched it on a different website so that I could watch the English dub. And it had a different credit sequence that has Utena in like a pink dress with, and she's like holding on to Dios and like the dress and her hair are like flowing in the wind. And the version that we are watching right now that's scrolling in front of me is just like a white scene with or like a white card with like the rose sort of in the background and then scrolling credits text i'll see if i can find a picture uh, from that ending sequence to send to you but yeah there was a different ending sequence on the english version of this episode i kind of just assumed that all the versions have the same you know? I would have thought so too, but that is incorrect. And we see a preview, since it's still playing, we see the preview for the next episode and Naname thinks somebody is trying to kill her. So that's going to be a good episode. Oh, more of Naname getting attacked by animals. It's just My poor blonde daughter. She's so attackable. She tries so hard. There's just something very attackable. Fails so hard. Well, the episode is over and... Uh, Any last thoughts? I don't know. I feel like I have something, but I feel like we got an interesting lesson in this episode that we didn't really get to talk about much while the episode was going on. Mm -hmm. And that was this idea of Mickey realizing that having Anthe through the duels was not the way that he wanted to have her because he didn't want to control her. Yeah, like there's sort of a you, kind of an arc here. Like he starts off with genuine sort of infatuation, which is as much aesthetic as it is actually in a person. Yeah. He was kind of a, the artsy guy. And you have sort of Toga cor- like basically corrupts it by being Toga. And, and also crosses the line officially into into Evil Jerk Town. Because before, like remember... with his sister. Yeah, before he was, you know, he was just kind of a fop and he was creepy, but he didn't come across as evil. Or like, I kind of had that sort of realization. This is about the point where he really crosses over into this guy's messed up. Because the way that he just gloats about it is so just... Ugh. And it's just like, it's so obvious that, like, he just does not care about someone who one would have expected to be his friend of some level, at least a companion or a comrade. But he just, like, you know, he just screws with Mickey without any remorse. Yeah, throughout this whole arc in these two episodes, it has been Toga who has been getting on to Mickey about finding his shining thing and talking about that a lot. And that definitely had influence over Mickey's decision to want to duel at all in a weird way and Toga's just strange and I do love 
love the scenes where he is ridiculously shirtless and draped over a bed for no reason. Yeah. It's just love he's just like, Mickey's just losing it. I find it interesting that I mentioned it while we were watching the episode, but in the English dub, he says to Mickey that his sister was cute, but Toga thinks that Mickey is cuter. And it doesn't say that in the subtitles. It says something about her being cute and also like charismatic or something. I don't remember the exact wording, but... I thought that that was an interesting change. I don't know if like there is a difference in what the actual like Japanese meaning of what he said was or if they just decided to change it for the English dub, but that is an interesting difference to me. Yeah, that is. I'm kind of curious to see to compare both versions now because that is a big difference. Yeah, I would definitely recommend watching both versions of the episode for comparison. But unless you have anything else to say, I think that that wraps us up for this episode. No, I think I'm good. Okay, well, this is kind of a short episode this week. But if you want to follow us on Twitter, you can do that at at UtanaCast. If you want to follow me on Twitter, you can do that at Mpandanata. We also have a Tumblr blog at imagineandutana.tumblr.com. And we have an email address, which is imagineandutana at gmail.com. And if you want to get in contact with us about the show in any way, those are some good ways to do it. Josh, do you have anything you want to plug? Not tonight. You want people to follow you on Twitter? Have you changed your Twitter name yet? Last week you said you were going to do it. I didn't. I'll probably do that in a bit. And uh, when I do, I will find our Twitter and I will tell the Twitter. The Twitters will talk to each other. They will tweet, if you will. We won't promote Josh's Twitter this week. But next week, he's ready for your tweets. All right, everybody. Revolutionize the world. See you on the other side. Bye.